Rise and shout. We're two hours away from the kickoff of BYU football. Inside 10, 5, he's going in! Touchdown! Gunner Romney from 45 yards out. This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, guiding members forward for more than 80 years. Cougar Pregame Live is also brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. And by Kingar, Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. To get you ready for today's action, let's join the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Jason Shepard. Good morning, or maybe good afternoon, depending on where you're listening. Welcome into Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Today, the 15th-ranked BYU Cougars look to stay unbeaten as they host the University of Texas at San Antonio Roadrunners. My name is Jason Shepard. Joining me now, former BYU quarterback, our radio analyst with Greg Rubel. His name is Riley Nelson. Riley, it is a gorgeous day. Temperatures expected in the 70s. The sun is shining, and the game's in the afternoon, and BYU's playing some pretty good football right now. Shep, I had given up all hope for uh, my tan for the rest of the year, and even though I'm up in the booth, we got the sun shining so bright, I think I might get a little bit, maybe roll the sleeves up a roll or two and uh, salvage what uh, last bit of this beautiful sunshiny weather we got, and even better than getting a little bit of tan this afternoon, we get to watch some BYU football. Absolutely. The Cougars right now 3-0 for the first time since 2014. Their ranking of 15th is the highest ranking since 2009. This team's playing really good football, as we just talked about. They're also getting noticed for it, which is a, is a fantastic thing for this football program. Yeah, you love notoriety. I mean, quite frankly, that's why you come to BYU, right, is because you don't want to play out your college football career in irrelevancy. I can tell you, uh, as one who transferred from Utah State, that's why that's why I came here. Like, BYU was on ESPN, and they were ranked, and they uh, had – you got to play on the bigger stage under the brighter lights. And so uh, I think this program and these players are definitely embracing all the added attention. Our matchup today, Cougars versus Roadrunners. Let's get to the things you need to know. As we mentioned, BYU in the national spotlight right now, moving up to 15th in the country this week. The national media jumping on board. We'll get to more of that a little bit later on in our QB read with Riley. Uh, Zach Wilson has just been unbelievable this year. He actually increased his completion percentage, Riley, which was 80% going into last week. He's now at 85%. To be honest with you, that's just insane. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, look, I hope people don't expect this trend to continue. I think he'll still finish as one of the most efficient and uh, and have that uh, super high completion percentage at the end of this season, one of the best in the country and one of the best in BYU history. But don't expect it to come down a few ticks. Don't be disappointed. I think, and, and quite honestly, I think uh, as as greater challenges come, and then also maybe as they try and stretch the limits of what Zach can do. By that, I mean maybe more throws down the field. They're traditionally a little bit lower percentage. That's going to come down. But boy, let's enjoy it while it lasts and uh he's playing great football and the guys around him the other 10 guys on the field around him are are playing great and then that defense is setting him up uh to be in advantageous situations that's just letting allowing zach and the rest of the offense to play free and instinctive and great football whether you're looking at the offense or defense both teams are number one in the country in their categories byu from a yardage standpoint the number one offense 
in college football. Defensively, giving up the fewest in college football. Scoring offense for BYU is only second to Texas. So we're going to see what happens. Texas right now, I believe, let's just do a quick score, a little early scoreboard. Uh, Texas is tied with Oklahoma right now at 17 apiece. Texas right now averaging 51, BYU averaging 49. So the Cougars really on both sides of the football, to your point, are one of the best in the country. Yeah, and they don't have the luxury of playing against Big 12 defenses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little, little bit of a jab right there to, to Big 12. They they play uh, they make for entertaining games but when you look at blo- when you look at tackling and assignment sound defense that's uh, hard to find in the Big 12 nowadays but no I, this look it, it, I'm excited for uh, them to continue this trend to tonight or, or sorry this afternoon and really I'm looking forward to it, the challenges maybe a little bit tougher challenges to be posed uh, on later games but for today's game I think that they definitely should be in a place to continue these trends to keep uh, uh, in those rankings where they are not only in the top five, but, you know, one in a lot of categories. Let's focus on the opponent. The UTSA Roadrunners come in with a record of 3-1. and one. The Roadrunners lost their first game last Saturday at uh, UAB 21-13. Their first three victories of the season were wins over Texas State, Stephen F. Austin, and Middle Tennessee. They will be by far the more, most balanced team that the BYU defense will face right now averaging 207 yards passing 209 rushing so they they are they are as balanced as you can get the defense right now giving up 150 on the ground and 300 through the air so there's certainly some opportunity for BYU's offense that as we were just talking about is rolling right now to be able to put up some uh, some yards the biggest question going into this game really is the starting quarterback Frank Harris was the starter. He started the first three games. However, he was hurt, so Josh Adkins started the UAB game. He was injured on the first play from scrimmage, so Jordan Weeks came in to replace him. And Are you all following this, by the way? So Weeks took a few hits. He was replaced by uh, Lowell Narcisse uh, in the second half. So, yes, that's four quarterbacks uh, that played. If Harris can go, he's going to get the start. Um, we'll talk with the voice of UTSA coming up. Uh, in our next segment, plus uh, my interview with the head coach of UTSA, Jeff Trailers, coming up, asking uh, both of them about the quarterback situation. But that really is the, the biggest question mark about this team coming in is which which quarterback is BYU's defense going to face? Yeah, so uh, we aren't the only ones as BYU fans and BYU followers that deal with quarterback injury issues. Uh, I mean, uh, shades of night. I'm having uh, some PTSD. Was it was it 2016? Was that the year when we trotted out four different ones with <laughs> Critchlow and Mangum and all the rest of the guys? A- anyway, um, yeah, t- tough slate for these guys, but Harris is their best guy. I-, I watched that whole game against Texas State that kicked off the season, and he. Uh, and then I watched Middle Tennessee, and I watched a little bit of UA- UAB last week. And he, the offense seems to be. You mentioned the balance; it seems to be most balanced when he's in there. It also seems to be uh, most explosive. It just looks like less work. Now, granted, that could be that it could have something to do with the opponent, but Texas State is not dog meat. They're they're a decent program, uh, maybe. Uh, slightly um, below where UAB is, as UAB had a really good, I mean, they're a good team overall, but a really good defense. 
But, um, yeah, I, I think Harris will give these guys a different, a different look than they had last week in their loss against UAB, which I'm excited for, and I, I think the players are excited for because BYU's come, they're not coming out here looking for a cakewalk and just a, a futile exercise. They're out here looking for some competition, and I think Harris gives the Roadrunners the best chance to provide that here in Provo today. In 2017 was the year you were referencing. That's when Tanner Mangum, Joe Critchlow, Bo Hodge, Coy Detmer, and Austin Confensis all uh, threw passes for, for BYU in that 2017 season. What a year. That's right. 16 was Taysom, Taysom and Jamal was senior correct. year. Yeah, that's yep, right. Correct. Yeah. And Kalani's first. All right. We mentioned we're going to talk with the voice of the Roadrunners, Andy Everett. That is coming up on the other side. This is Cougar Pregame Live presented by Mountain America Credit Union on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard. By the man who calls the action for the UTSA Roadrunners, his name is Andy Everett. Andy, uh, first and foremost, welcome to Provo. Thanks for taking a few minutes today. Uh, it's nice to be here in a perfect day. The last time I was here for basketball, and I think it was about 15 degrees, so uh, <laughs> it uh, it looks good. Yeah, quite uh, quite the difference from 15. I think we're expected to be in mid-70s and sunny. You can't beat that for uh, for October right now, can you? Uh, absolutely. It's uh, it's a breath of fresh air. It's, it was 95 in San Antonio this week, so uh, we're, we're liking the cooler weather. Absolutely, and you don't have to deal with the humidity, which is always nice. Um, absolutely. So one thing I want to start off with is the quarterback situation. I'm fascinated by the Roadrunners quarterback situation. Is there any clarity on who BYU's defense is going to face today? Well, it's either going to be Lowell Narcisse or uh, Frank Harris. Uh, if Frank Harris is healthy, if he looks good in warm-ups, and if he's not limping, uh, Jeff Trailer has a no-limp rule. If you're limping, you're not playing. If all of those things are there, he's the guy, and he's the number one quarterback. Josh Atkins, who got hurt in the UAB game last week, was clearly number two. And then Jordan Weeks and Lowell Narcisse are 3-4, three, 4-3, four, four, three, however you want to size it up. I think you will see Narcisse some in the game today in certain situations. I don't know that they want to play Frank the entire game, just maybe to protect him a series or two here. And Lowell comes in in what we call the low zone package. It's a, a bulldozer or wildcat package, however you want, but there's multiple things that you can do out of it. And Lowell had the most starts last year. He started most every game last year with all of the injuries. So, it's, it's interesting that you have four quarterbacks that have had at least one game of experience in Division One college football as a starter, but Frank Harris is clearly the guy, and he's the, uh, clearly the leader of this team, and so they're hoping he can go today. Uh, you bring up leader of the team. That was something that uh, I was going to ask about. BYU uh, last season was experienced with getting three players who, who uh, all got starts and all got wins and all – played pretty well so um when you talk about uh, talk about some of that leadership off the field for maybe not off the field but harris's command how he's come into this program and demanded that and the difference it's made for this offense well here's the irony about about him being the the best leader on this team in his uh senior year of high school he blew it out at acl uh he so he goes to utsa his freshman year sets out the whole year redshirting and rehabbing the last game of uh, of spring practice on the last play of spring practice before the spring game, he blows out the other ACL. Uh, 
So he has to set out another year. And then last year he finally gets to start. He's having a great year. And on the third play of the game against North Texas in the third game of the season, he separates his shoulder and he's out again for the year. And then we were scared to death in the game a couple of weeks ago against Middle Tennessee when he got hurt that it was another knee injury. Fortunately, it was just a knee sprain. He's okay. He's been cleared to go as soon as he doesn't limp. Uh, But all along, he was behind whoever the quarterback was. He was still in all the team meetings. Uh, He was still doing everything that any other quarterback would do. He never missed a practice. Uh, He's on what Jeff Trailer calls his leadership council, and it kind of of spearheads that to where everybody listens to him. He walks in the room. He commands an audience immediately. Let's talk about this defense for the Roadrunners. In the first three games, or excuse me, first four games, 48 points given up, then 10, then 35, then 21. How would you describe the defense, and what's the plan to slow down a BYU offense that, needless to say, is playing pretty well right now? Well, I think uh, the number one thing is to get pressure on Zach Wilson, which is going to be hard to do. He gets rid of the ball quickly, and he doesn't allow a lot of pressure to get to him. He knows where his wide receivers are. He's really good at that. But UTSA's strength is in its defensive line. And uh, Jalen Haynes is their best player, but he's a game-time decision today uh, with an injury. Uh, he may or may not be there. But they've got eight or nine other guys that are going to rotate through there. And pretty much on every play of more than five or six yards, you're going to see a fresh group of people come in and out. Uh, Brandon Matterson's had a, a fantastic year. Lorenzo Dantzler's playing well. Uh, and then it goes to the linebacker core. And they play this kind of 3-4 hybrid type uh, defense where sometimes the, line, the outside linebackers are on the line, sometimes they drop. And then the inside linebackers are surprisingly good this year. One's a freshman, Jamal Ligon, and the other is uh, Trevor Harmonson, who was a transfer student last year, and he's played uh, better each and every game. The one soft spot today for UTSA, at least in the first half, is going to be safety. Rashad Wisdom is going to have to sit out the first half because of a targeting penalty in the second half last week against UAB. Uh, so we won't see him for the first half. And UTSA is hoping that Kalechi Wachuku and, uh, and Antonio Parks can kind of hold down the fort until he's able to play in the second half. You mentioned Rashad Wisdom, and, yeah, those uh, targeting penalties are tough. Interesting side note, UTSA is a little bit unique. He's number zero, single number zero, and yep. Harris is single number zero. So that's those are the, the two leaders. <laughs> uh, when Jeff Trailer came in here, he, t- he kind of took after what uh, Matt Rule did at Baylor. Uh, Baylor, uh, when he was at Baylor, all the zero through or one through nine, because you didn't have zero then, but the one through nine numbers were voted on by the team as to who the toughest players are, who the leaders were on the team. And Wisdom and Harris are the leaders. Now, they went to rival high schools. They were in the same district, but different high schools when they about five miles apart. Uh, so they've known each other forever, and now they're playing as teammates. Uh, but Wisdom is definitely the leader of the defense, as is Harris on the offense. BYU's defense has done a fantastic job of slowing down the opposition's run game, and I know that that's something that UTSA takes some pride in. You've got some really good backs. I love Sincere McCormick. I think he's fantastic, besides the name, which is awesome to begin with. But that is a matchup I'm specifically looking at, BYU's defensive front versus UTSA's uh, rushing attack. What do you make of that matchup specifically? Well, I think it's the key to the game for UTSA to keep the game close. Uh, in order for UTSA to have success today, BYU can't be on the, uh, on the field for 80, 90 plays. They've got to get that down to 60 or 70, and the way you do that is keep your offense on the field and chew up clock and get first downs uh, and get good plays on first and second down. So if Sincere can have success running the ball today, 
even if it's not a hundred yard game or 150, what 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 he has, he's been doing, if he can if he can do that, he's going to be in uh, good shape, and so is the team. But as this year has progressed, the offensive line's gotten better. Spencer Burford started the year at right tackle. His natural position is left tackle. He's there now. Kevin Davis had to miss the first couple of games. He's back at right guard. Um, Afi Tumaka is as good a center as UTSA has ever had. And Makai Hart was a transfer from uh, Iowa Community College last year, one of the top linemen in the country to transfer uh, from Community College. And he was banged up in the fall practices. So he just got his first game action last week against UAB. So now they've got their core five, and they do have two or three guys behind them who have experience should they need somebody to come in. Andy, just t- give us some context or at least uh, give us some perspective on how UTSA is contextualizing this game within their season and their quest for a conference to compete for a conference USA championship. Well, uh, having uh, the conversation about that with, with uh, Coach Trailer on our show on Wednesday night, He's not coming here to lose. He's not coming here just, well, they're number 15, and we're a a Conference USA team, and we're just going to go in there and lay down and take our money and go home. That's never the key, and he's not going to teach his players that either. Um, I think every one of these players wants the opportunity to compete on this stage to kind of see how good they are. And uh, Jeff has mentioned several times, the reason you play the game is to get it on film so you see what you messed up so you can correct it for the next game. And they do that each and every game. I think a lot of people were surprised at how well they played against UAB last week. And their defense kept them in the game while the offense sputtered mainly because of the injuries at quarterback. Uh, but uh, that's the mindset. They may lose 50 to nothing. They may you know, lose 35-34. You never know what's going to happen in the game. But their focus and their mindset is to come in here and shock the world. And upsets like that have happened before. Not to say that it's going to happen again, but you can go back to Appalachian State and Michigan years ago or some of these other monumental upsets that have happened in college football. Obviously, BYU doesn't want that to be the story that's written today, and that's the story UTSA is trying to write. He is the voice of UTSA football. His name is Andy Everett. Andy, thank you so much for taking a few minutes. Great insight, and we'll let you go. Have a good call. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. There we go. That's Andy Everett, my one-on-one with Kyrus Tonga is coming up later in Shep Talk. But next, it's Cougar Cuts. You're listening to Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. I know it may not feel like it, but it is homecoming. Welcome back into Cougar pregame live. Shep and Riley with you as we get you ready for BYU and UTSA. And Riley, it's time for Cougar Cuts. And for the fans, the national attention that BYU is getting right now is fantastic. It's great for us in the media as well. We love to talk about it. It's awesome to hear national college football personalities jumping on the Cougar bandwagon. Inside the program, however, there's a different mentality. We don't need to talk about ourselves. Let everybody else do it. Whether it's positive or negative, let everyone else talk about it. we got to get things done. Asking our players not to worry about what's being said out there. There's positive and negative things being said. Just focus on this game and focus on getting better, and that's all That's all I care about. I mean, that's there's no balance. The balance is you guys keep it balanced on what you say, you know, and we just focus on what we're trying to get done. Not saying that we don't listen to you guys. We appreciate what you guys do for promoting BYU football, but 
we're focused on the game. We're not focused on reading stuff about the past things that we've done. Uh, all I care about is, you know, when you talk to Zach, you, I just talked to him walking through the hallways. He, he's already moved on to the next game. Stop patting him on the back. We, we get enough, enough of that already. We, we celebrate and dance in the locker room after we win. After we leave, it's, it's back to business. Grade the film and get better. Look, Riley, you're you're a former player. You understand that mentality that you you just can't buy into the hype because as soon as you do, that's when things fall apart. He, he's right. On the outside, have fun with it, but inside, that really isn't something they can worry about. Yeah, and it's best to find uh, basically something to keep you busy so you don't. I wonder what these guys doing, you know, uh, onside like online school and I, I don't know hopefully it's as rigorous as tr- traditional college was but like me I was in the middle of trying to do pre-med coursework and so I didn't have any <laughs> I didn't have any time to read anything positively or negatively but you do your best to avoid it and if you do come across it you uh, again Zach being in his third year and the rest of these guys who have been a core that's come up together for really the last a, a young core that's grown up together for three years you reach the maturity to give it the, its appropriate due which in the middle of the season isn't much sounds like Kalani, uh, Kalani is singing that same tune and uh, that's going to honestly give them the best chance to have a, the special season that all of us are hoping for and to perpetuate you know the beginnings of while everybody's certainly aware that the schedule isn't what it was supposed to be this season, there are positives that can be taken from what we're seeing right now. Isaiah Kafusi said this team has learned from its past failures. We've learned a lot um, from our past experiences and, and those ups and downs that we've had. Specifically last year, I think we had really had won a lot of the bigger games and then some of the games that we um, maybe had overlooked or, or just, you know, the, specifically just the Toledo and the South Florida game, you know, that's looking back, it's like we could have been way better. And, and so I think we were able to learn from those. But yeah, the experience that we've gained, um, I think, is really kind of been the catalyst for our success this year. I love hearing that, Riley, from Isaiah. And, and he's right. He is 100% right. This is a situation where BYU has played teams like what they are playing in the first couple of games of this season and they've lost we've seen that within the last couple of years and so I love the fact that Isaiah is talking about learning from those and it has been the exact opposite this season yeah and you say BYU like speaking of the program in general but really just to bring it down more specifically these same players like these same ones that are out there dominating and doing what they're doing against these they were the same guys that were there in Toledo and that were there in Tampa and, uh, playing against South Florida. It's all the same names. I mean, for the most part, you're missing, we graduated a few seniors last year, but the core is the same. So the fact that it's the same guys and it wasn't like a different regime and a different set of players, that it's those same guys that made those mistakes and that are now coming out and performing the way that they're performing, it to me is the most encouraging thing because it shows true growth. You didn't just swap out some players, for, and that's why it looks different because right. you, you know how to swap out of coaches or players. It's truly the same guys that have grown and grown in a big way. Last one, as we've talked about, the quarterback situation for the Roadrunners is something to watch in terms of who actually gets to start today. But head coach Kalani Sitaka said regardless of who takes the snaps, the objective of the UTSA offense doesn't change. They all have their own unique skill skill set, but I think as an offense, they, they want to establish the run game. They have a really good back, big old line, big tight ends that can block. And so um, really for us, it's, I think, trying to get them to not be as balanced as they are would be, would be the challenge, you know, and trying to minimize the run game and, and trying to establish our presence up front is going to be the key. That's the matchup. I mean, we mentioned that with Andy Everett in the previous segment. That's the matchup I'm looking forward to. BYU's 
uh, defensive front versus the roadrunner rushing attack. Yeah, they always talk about, it's interesting, you hear the old cliche, force them to become one-dimensional, right? But uh, if you look at, at least in the pro ranks, the Patriots and what they're... It, it, what theirs hasn't necessarily been make them one-dimensional, but rather it's been sell out to take away what they are best at. And so force them to beat you on a secondary strength, right? And good teams have, for some, when once you take away that, for you know, their top, the, be, the thing that they're best at, there's a huge drop-off. For some, there's not as much a drop-off. I think for this UTSA team, it is a huge drop. They don't have a playmaking wide receiver. They don't have a dominant threat. They don't have a quarterback who can really put the team, put the offense on his shoulders and create outside of the offense they truly do rely on establishing the run and giving heavy doses of the run game and so if BYU sells out to take that away which is what Kalani was just talking about then you know BYU could be well on their way to another route coming up next I go one-on-one with BYU nose tackle Kairos Tonga in Shep Talk more Cougar pregame live presented by Mountain America Credit Union it's coming up after this on the new skin BYU Sports Network You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. I think we were all surprised when we found out that Kairos Tonga was coming back for his senior season and not going to the NFL. When I say surprised, uh, look, we were all excited. The fact that you were able to get a player of that caliber back for his senior season when it looked like he was going to head to the NFL was big, and it has proven to be such. He is such a disruptor up front, and I haven't spoken to an opposing coach that hasn't singled him out specifically as the guy you have to pay attention to on this defense. This week's Shep Talk is with the senior nose tackle, Kairos Tonga. All right, Kairos, take me through what this 3-0 and start has meant to you guys. Playing extremely well on both sides of the ball. Got to imagine you guys are having a lot of fun, man. It's been nothing but fun. Um, we've been working hard. Everyone's been tuned in. We're just grateful to, to even be in this uh, position just with college football starting late and a lot of uh, seasons were canceled. We're just grateful that we were able to, to have someone like Tom get us a schedule super last minute and just to play anyone we uh, – we could find so it's been super fun we're taking it game by game and uh just having fun with it you guys knew that you had experience coming back you guys knew you were going to be pretty good did you know you were going to be this good through three games um i don't think we're that good <laughs> i think we still have a a ton of work to uh to do and uh, a lot of things to work on but it's been like i said it's, been, it's just been super fun to to be able to play with the guys and uh to be here and make plays and see uh, see some of our teammates make plays. So it's just been super fun, and it's been, um, been happening on the field. So, Well, and you guys have been taking a lot of pride on defense. You're not spending a ton of time out there. You guys are getting the job done and getting back to the sideline pretty quick. Yeah, we've been – that's been a huge focus was just to cause havoc, uh, turnovers, three and outs, whatever we can we can do, and, um, and just put our uh, offense in the – in a better position to, to score. So it's been super fun just being able to fly around defense and having all the guys rally and play their, their do their 111, do their job, and uh, seeing the success that's been coming out of it. Even though you've been rushing just the three, what's the key to getting the type of pressure you are with just three guys? It's all about commitment level. If you want it bad enough, we can just rush one guy. And uh, if his commitment level is 100%, then uh, we expect him to get the job done. And we take a... Uh, we take it with a ton of pride when we rush three men 
that we know that the pressure's all on the the front. So uh, we we know our backers are covering like crazy uh, to make sure they're putting us in a great position, and we're hoping to do the same. So we take a lot of pride in uh, rushing three and just relishing our role and just having fun with it. A lot's been made of the sideline dancing, and honestly, I don't know if I've personally seen you on the sideline dancing. I'm not saying it hasn't happened. I just haven't seen it. Are you out there showing the young bucks what the real moves look like? Oh, no, they're showing me, huh? I'm I'm st- I'm sticking to simple stuff, but everybody's doing all these these crazy moves. Yeah, I'm just sticking to simple stuff. I'm over there on the sideline as well. I'm I'm more low key, um, in the back by the bench, getting water dancing. I'm not I'm not on the field like some of the other guys. So, but it's been it's been super fun just to to watch them and it's just to have fun on, on the field during night. There really does seem like a fantastic energy amongst you guys as an entire group. Yeah. <laughs> It's been it's been so so good. Just uh just like from from uh when everything started happening with COVID to to now we've just been super close bonding and um it's been like this the whole time, just nothing but uh, us on the field, no media as you said, uh no fans. So it's uh it's something I guess we're used to now. Just uh just being with us, hearing each other laugh and we can hear all the calls. So it's just uh just we're just having fun with it. You do miss the media though, like especially me though, right? Like, oh, like that's like on, you miss man. us, right? Oh, of course. I, I think I dream about you guys. So <laughs> I don't believe any of it, but I like to hear it. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> so I know going into the season, and even though we were just talking a minute ago about how you guys have been so efficient and, and really aren't spending a ton of time out on the field because you're getting your job done three and out and you're, you're back to the sideline. I know going into the year, one thing you personally wanted to work on was staying on the field longer. How do you feel that's gone for you? It's been good. Um, there's times where I still uh, still get tired and, and everything like that, but I've been uh, I've been working on myself to to really push it and to uh, really test myself to the limit to where um, I can just continue to give all I can. And it's uh, it's been good to to even be in the rotation with the guys I'm with. Um, there's no pressure on me. I can I can come out, get water, take my time because I know they're just gonna come out just as fast. So it's been really fun to be able to to be around the guys that are are super coachable and uh, that are willing to work just as hard. So, Talking with Kyrus Tonga, we'll all be watching him in the National Football League next year. And by the way, don't think that every time I see you on the uh, the field in the NFL next year, I'm not going to say, yeah, that's the guy that I shared a swing with in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, I, I, I know it just like the back of my hand. I remember that day. It was fun. <laughs> yeah. Hot day. It was a hot day. Yeah, it was, yep. that was a good time. So let's yep. focus on the uh, the opponent, Texas San Antonio. A balanced attack, probably the most balanced offense you guys have faced so far this year. Uh, what's been the focus regarding the Roadrunners? They're a physical team. Uh, up front, they're huge. They have a great running back, good receiving core, so, uh, and a great defense. Uh, their front seven is uh, really good and really sound. So it's going to be our toughest matchup yet. Uh, we're excited. Um, we know we gotta uh, we gotta do everything we can to make sure uh, uh, we keep this thing going. So, but we know they're a great team coming in, and it's gonna be fun. That's right. Final four. Let's wrap things up with these questions. If you could have a Zoom conversation with anyone, who would it be? Anyone. Anyone. Ugh. Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor. Why Conor McGregor? Because he's the goat. He's the greatest to ever fight, and uh, I love him. <laughs> okay. Very nice. <laughs> what is your cheat day snack, meal, or dessert? <laughs> I don't know if I should say this. Uh, what is it? It's uh, 
probably Chinese food. This is Chinese food by our house. Me and my brother always go to. So yeah, every day after weigh-ins, we we go there. So it's been it's been yeah, good. You go af- <laughs> after the weigh-ins, not before, yeah. Oh, right? Yeah. No, after yeah. you got to go after. What sport would you play if you didn't play football? Um, water polo. Oh wait, never mind. I can't swim. Um, shoot, rugby. Rugby. All right, I yeah. can see that. All right, last question, Kyrus. What makes the 2020 BYU football team special? I think um, our bond that we have, just with everything that's gone, um, a lot of uh, trials have happened within our team and uh, just how everything's been happening outside of BYU, outside of what we can handle. And I think we've come closer to uh, really understand each other and really push each other because we really care. And it's been uh, that's probably been the, the biggest thing so far, just our bond with each other. Kyrus, you're the man. You're the best. I always appreciate your time. It's always great to talk with you. Good luck against uh, UT. Yes, sir. Thank you. You're the man. There we go. Kairos Tonga. I I love talking to him. He is so great. Not only is he a phenomenal football player and such an imposing figure for the opposition to have to face, he is so great to talk to. He's funny. He uh, has a lot of energy. He's just a fun guy to talk to, and I always appreciate his time. That's uh, Kairos Tonga, this week's Shep Talk. Coming up next, it's the QB Read with Riley. You're tuned into Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard. Before we move any further, let's quickly pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU Radio, 107.9 FM, KUMT, Randolph, and KBYU FM, HD2, Provo. It is homecoming for BYU football, hosting the Roadrunners of UTSA, and it's time for our weekly QB read with Riley. And uh, Riley, uh, am I uh, to understand that you will be channeling your inner Mel Kuyper in this segment? A, a little bit. At least I'll be giving commentary on what Kuyper's had to say. But <laughs> no, I, Jason, uh, I don't know if you've heard, maybe you spent the last week under a rock, but Zach's been garnering some uh, national attention, not what? just for his play on the field, but also how he projects as Why a player. Why have I not heard any level. of this? Yeah, I know. It's crazy, right? Um, so it, for those who, who haven't, uh, you know, maybe you've been busy or your work's, your work's piling up on your whatever. Your kids are just haven't let you even have an ounce to yourself. Mel Kuyper came out. He was in uh, in his weekly column and talked about how Zach, um, I, I think he's called him a legit prospect. And then Pro Football Focus, which is a somewhat newer organization, or at least new to the public, uh, they released a series of tweets about him. There's been comparisons about the improvement that he made from last year to this year, similar to the improvement that Joe Burrow, who was the number one pick in this past year's draft, and obviously national champion, set the NCAA record for passing touchdowns and all those things. Very lofty comparison, but the comparison was the improvement that he made from his junior senior year. Uh, they're seeing similarities between the improvement that Zach has made from his sophomore to his junior year. But ultimately, so the comparisons to Joe Burrow, Mel Kuyper ranking him, uh, by the way, Mel Kuyper, also ranked him as the fifth uh, prospect quarterback prospect going into this next year's draft class now keep in mind Zach is not even I mean he's eligible because he's three years removed from high school but he's not a senior so there's no guarantee he's even going to enter the draft class so there's your context as to all the things that have been going on around Zach so one of the things that I wanted to uh, just 
use a little bit of history, some recent history, some not so recent history, and then provide some context based on an interview that uh, one of the NFL's best quarterbacks gave about his experience going through this same uh, process this last week. But let's start back in 1991, 92, 93, really 92, 93. Who was the quarterback for the Cougars at that time, Shep? Uh, John Walsh. John Walsh. So let me just read you some stats on John Walsh and some of the things that he did in his very illustrious career. So in his junior year, which was 1993, that was his sophomore year, he uh, played in 11 games. The, the, the seasons were a little bit shorter back then. but for, So of those 11 games, eight of them were more than 300 yards. Four, he had four straight games of over 400 yards, 439 against Fresno State, 619 against Utah State, all-time BYU record at the time, and I think still stands, 417 at San Diego State, and 423 versus Utah. So four straight games of <laughs> wow. over 100, a total. Pretty crazy. Oh, and by the way, he capped off that performance in 1993 by going 25 for 44 for 389 uh, in the Holiday Bowl and three touchdowns against uh, some small program I'd, I'd, in the Midwest. I don't know. Some of you may have heard of it. Ohio State. It's decent. Um, and then his jun- so he comes back for his junior year campaign. And that year, you know, he had eight three hundred uh, the the game before or the year before. He topped it with nine three hundred games of passing passing yard, but. It, instead of having four 400 games in a row, he only had three throughout the season, and they were actually not in a row. One of those games was the bowl game, the 1994 Copper Bowl, of which he was named the MVP, passed for 454. Um, but see, you know, he's beating up on these small time and, and four, 454 and four TDs, but he's beating up on these programs that nobody's ever heard of. Uh, this BYU in the 1994 Copper Bowl had a 31-6 victory over Oklahoma University of Oklahoma the Sooners I no one even knows what a Sooner is let alone very familiar with that program anyway so after that um, so we started this by talking about Mel Kuyper a little bit of history for you Mel Kuyper was very high on John Walsh and his and his draft evaluation now this was in the earlier days of Mel Kuyper he had just kind of been adopted by ESPN as their draft guru and hasn't had you know he was obviously very experienced and knowledgeable but probably not the same evaluator that he is now and he's learned by, uh, through some mistakes he projected John Walsh to be a first round draft pick in fact in his final big board that he released the day before the NFL draft uh, which would have been the 1994 NFL draft or 1995 NFL draft excuse me he projected John Walsh to go 23 overall um, in the first round do you know where he eventually got drafted Chef? I do not remember honestly so he was the 21st pick of the seventh round. So he was projected to go 23rd by Mel Kuyper. He went, uh, I, th- I think that ends up being like the 200 and like 20-something pick. Yeah, I knew he dropped, but I could not remember specifically the pick. And, and he gets into the camp and he gets injured. And, and like, look, the NFL is just really tough anyway. Just never ends up playing a, playing a down. Now, I'm not saying that Zach... I tell that story not to say that that's going to be the path for Zach or that or that those comparisons. All I'm saying is that Joe Walsh had a really impressive, not only single year or or a stretch of four games, but really back to back years, going out beating name brand programs, throwing for 300, 400 yards, lighting up the college football world, and the pundits were loving loving him for it. And that we see a little bit of that happening with Zach. Just a couple distinctions that I want to make. And by the way, I think as at least as far as players, I haven't seen a ton of John Walsh. I've seen some highlight reels and things like that. I think Zach has some strengths that John Walsh didn't, but um, 
uh, that, that allow him to be a more projectable of a prospect into the NFL. But what I am saying is that the pundits are not the front offices. They are not the GMs. They are not the scouts. The pundits are, they are hired to write columns. They are hired to comment on TV shows. And especially in a world like this in COVID, they, you know, Mel Kuyper's got to turn in his column every week, and he's got to say something. And so he's looking for any kind of material, and Zach Wilson has been pulled into that. I, from what I hear and from my knowledge and, and, and being around the program, Zach is doing a great job of, of uh, managing all of that, not buying into that, and uh, as well he should. When, it, when that eventually comes time, which will be after this season, he wants to evaluate his prospects. He'll be able to have access to what the scouts are actually saying about him, what the actual front office guys, and that will be able to help him make a, a, make a decision for what's best for his uh, life and football career. Now, the, the second guy that I wanted to talk about was actually someone that I played with, and he is the highest draft pick of this century uh do you know who i might be referring to shep the highest draft pick of this century of the 21st century from yeah. byu from byu yep uh fifth, that fifth would overall. yeah that would be ziggy ziggy and saw in the 2013 nfl draft he went fifth overall to the detroit lions do you remember what the pundits were saying about ziggy uh four games into his senior season in 2012 um, well, they weren't expecting him to be the fifth pick. Yeah, well, they weren't and that's, They weren't saying anything. That's probably why you don't remember. The reality is that Ziggy went through, and he, he had a great year. As we all know, Ziggy's story coming from Africa and being new to football and all those things, he was more of a developmental project. But basically what I say is Ziggy's draft stock began to rise after the season. Don't pay too much attention to what all the pundits and uh, all the media fervor during the season because the reality is the true evaluators, which is the GMs, the front office, the scouts, the those guys are in the middle of their NFL season and are more focused on those things. Maybe not the scouts. The scouts obviously are out at colleges, going to practices, going to games. But at least the decision makers who are the front offices in the NFL and the GMs in, of those NFL uh, franchises, those guys are busy trying to win games during their season. Ziggy's stock rose after the season when people got in the film rooms, were able to evaluate him as a player, and then obviously as they got him out, and you know he's at the combine and pro days and things like that. So that's when it's really when, that's that I guess here's what I'm saying is making a petition is that is going to be the time to really for Zach for Zach personally but really for us as fans to really focus on where he might project it's great as a college football fan you want your program to be putting guys into the pros I've spoken with Kalani about this he want, that's one of his main goals for the program is to produce as many NFL players who go on to have great careers as possible because then that works all the way back it means you've got better players playing for you on the field and it means you're able to attract better recruits putting guys in the NFL and having them be high profile draft picks is one of the best ways to grow a program and so I'm glad that that's part of Kalani's strategy, and I'm glad that we have some players that are in that position like Zach might potentially be. All I'm saying is the timing of all this. Four, three games into the season or the fourth week of the season is not the, the, the time to talk about where a guy might project in the draft. It's after he's put together his entire body of work and come to the end of a season when that's the time for us, even as fans, to do it. Because as a player, it's best you try and distract or to shelter yourself from that and, and not pay attention. It does seep in. So if we can kind of calm our excitement and our expectations, it's going to give Zach the best chance to put to concentrate on this season, produce an absolute special season, which is what we all want for BYU, and then take care of business when the time appropriately comes. So there, uh, I, I went on maybe a little bit long in this segment, Shep, but there was a lot of talk about it with Zach, and I had some thoughts on it, and so there you go. That's It's great stuff, and, and I think what you said in terms of all the, all the stuff on the outside is one thing, 
not hearing any of this from Zach Wilson himself. So you got to you got to have a got to have the feeling that that he's handling this the right way certainly and uh, right now the only thing that's on his mind is the the UTSA Roadrunners this afternoon which is exactly what the coaches want him to be focused on and that is his focus as of today reward yourself with my style checking from Mountain America earn points towards travel gift cards events and more details at macu.com/mystyle membership required based on eligibility coming up next we'll visit with the voice we'll talk with Greg Rebel next on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Hi, I'm Ned Sig. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's the segment we all look forward to. It is our visit with the voice, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel joining Riley and myself. Hello, Greg. It, uh, it is a game in the afternoon, my friend. There are not in the afternoons anymore. Balderdash to that, I say. <laughs> because, poppycock, because uh, we're playing football here on a Saturday afternoon. And, uh, and you know, it has to be said, Shep, uh, let's consider ourselves fortunate that we have had successive Saturdays and consecutive weekends calling football games. Uh, there are no guarantees these yes. days. And, and, and yes, people t- tend to focus on the fact that fans have not yet been allowed into the stands here at Lavelle Bird Stadium, but the teams are being allowed to play, and the teams have been healthy enough to play. And, and you know, not everyone's guaranteed games right now. And, and so the fact that we're playing games and calling games is uh, it's a blessing. We're fortunate. And, again, the fans are going to be a part of this equation at some point. We have faith in that. We believe that. But let's also acknowledge the fact that the, that we've been able to call uh, you know, back-to-back-to-back weekends yep. of football here in Provo when the conditions, the health conditions, have, have you know, since they've gone from, from yellow to orange during this time. Things have gotten more difficult, more restrictive yet. The teams have been allowed to play, uh, congregate, if you will, uh, for these competitions, and, 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 and that's a positive thing. And, and no more positive day to do it than today. Man, alive, it's beautiful and warm, and the colors are changing, and the breeze is blowing. And, again, the only thing we're missing is, is, a, is a full... Uh, is a full stadium today, but yeah. the day will come when we'll have some people in here with us where we have we have faith in that and we believe that. But gosh, it's just fun to be able to call plays on a Saturday and today a Saturday afternoon. How about a full roster? Obviously, we always talk to you um, in this segment after you've spoken with Kalani Sataki. So uh, I want to get any updates in terms of personnel, but beyond that, I, I want to ask you to touch on on how BYU has used personnel this year. What's been your opinion on how guys have been used? Because personally, I think just about every move they've made, whether it's been their hands been forced because of COVID or whatever, it's paid off for them. Well, let's first of all hit uh, the initial part of your question uh, relative to personnel presence and absence. And I-, I guess I'd be surprised if James MP plays today. He missed last week. We saw him in warm-ups a short time ago, the non-padded warm-ups. And, and he may indeed come out for padded warm-ups. But I think the, the, the expectation would be to have James ready in an emergency basis only today, in part because Joe Tukowafu uh, played so well. And there are others who can play the spot. Connor Pay can slide over. Um, so I, this is just me thinking if they can get away with another week of James MP resting, then that's good. And, and, and so I, would, I, I wouldn't necessarily expect to see James, but I think James is going to warm up as if he's you know, that close to playing. Uh, Tristan Hodge may not be quite in, in, um, in game shape yet, and so it could be another week without both of those guys for BYU. Uh, 
Otherwise, offensive personnel, I don't know if Sione Finau is ready to come back yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if next Friday at Houston becomes his season debut. So the running back core is, is pretty much what you see is what you get uh, with Algier, Katoa, Miles Davis. Uh, Chase Wester's already had taken some snaps at back, and he'll probably dress as a running back today. And then Kavika Fonua can go both ways and play running back for BYU. So offensively, that's where I th- see things shaking out with the O-line being uh, the major shuffle point. But as we've seen already, Shep and Riley, uh, the shuffling's worked out well. I yes. mean, they, they, have a lo- they have a lot of guys who can play positions and feel comfortable with those guys right now. And so I think Coach Mateos and Coach Grimes are really pleased with the progress of that group defensively. Uh, we could see the return of Hayden Livingston. Uh, he missed last week, and he's a, he's a depth guy in, in in the defensive backfield, but uh, could be available this week when he was not the week before. Same thing for uh, Tavita Gagne. Not a lot going on defensively, although I will say this, and, and this is kind of the second part of your question, uh, Jason, in terms of how BYU's deployed people this year. I think this is a versatile enough group that, that, the, that the defensive look we get today may be different from the defensive looks we've seen in games one, two, and three. Now, a lot of the reason for that is the fact that you played option in week one and two spreads in weeks two and three, and and UTSA is neither of those approaches. And so BYU may see fit to play things a little differently than the, the, than, than the approach we've seen certainly last week when BYU was able to get um, you know a lot of success getting home with three-man rushes. You know, that number may, uh, may be up a little bit this week because of how much they'll focus on getting sincere McCormick football and playing with uh, single tight and double tights where the teams BYU's played to this point in the year haven't even used tight end, really. They've got yeah. three weeks. They've gone into middle October without seeing a tight end <laughs> in a true traditional sense, and so now they finally get one of those teams today. So, Greg, Kalani's talked a lot about, you mentioned maybe some uh, strategic uh, or at least uh, different uh, looks on the defensive side of the football. Is that geared to the specific challenge that UTSA poses, or Kalani has mentioned uh, in the last two post games that he'd like to see more havoc wreaked by the defense, in other words, turning the ball over. Uh, Is it one or the other or a little bit of both? Well, I do think the schematics will change today with UTSA, different from what we've seen prior. And I think that the step toward what Kalani was talking about, the first step was maybe taken last week, and they had two picks. And I think Kalani thinks they've left some INTs out on the field here in the first few weeks as well. Um, the, the TFL number's good, and the sack number's great. So I, I think BYU's already been more disruptive and already shown the ability to create more havoc. And, uh, you know, Tyler Batty's a big part of that. And, and I mean, a guy's got four sacks. And, and we didn't see, and we have, you know, I think really the last two games are the first two games which we've really seen a lot of Tyler. And I think we'll see more of, of him today. Um, and so when you're a top 10 sacks team, and BYU was like a bottom 15 sacks team last year, they're a top 40 TFL team, and they were a bottom 15 TFL team last year. And they're positive in the margin right now and did go plus two uh, with two takeaways, zero giveaways last week. I think things are trending in the right direction. And, and UTSA has shown a propensity to... Uh, to kick it around a bit. Now, granted, they, they were without Frank Harris for the last game and a half. And if they get him back, that'll make a difference. He's pretty poised. And that's something we'll be watching to see. Uh, our spotter, Bryce Larson, is going to be having an eagle eye out during pregame just to see what that QB situation looks like. And that, Jason, becomes the big question to answer now is is who USA trots out there at quarterback. And the indications we get, and you got them from Andy Everett in your pregame, get, uh, pre-game conversation, was that uh, pregame might be the final indicator uh, you know, for uh, the coaches as to if he's ready or not to go, uh, whether it'll be Frank Harris or, or Lowell Narcisse today. Greg, the uh, information was uh, 
exquisite as always. You mixed in the word balderdash, which <laughs> always makes me happy. It is an yeah. unused word. Uh, thank you so much, as always. Always enjoy the uh, the visit with the voice. Riley, thank you as well. We'll let both of you go. And don't forget, you'll be able to hear Greg's interview with the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Sataki, in its entirety coming up in just about a half an hour. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Shep. There we go. That's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson. Quick timeout right back after this to talk with Mitchell Jurgens after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. I told you we were going to be right back. It is homecoming for BYU football, hosting the Roadrunners of UTSA, University of Texas at San Antonio. By the way, they prefer either the University of Texas at San Antonio or specifically UTSA. What they do not like is UT San Antonio. I learned that this week. They do not like that uh, in terms of uh, what to call the school. So either UTSA or or University of Texas at San Antonio is uh, is uh, gets the thumbs up from the Roadrunners. Speaking of thumbs up, always love talking with our guy Mitchell Jurgens. You'll hear him on the sidelines. He's former BYU wide receiver Mitchell. Man, games in the afternoon, seventy degrees. It's uh, you got to be loving life today. Yeah, now it's a perfect day for football, and I'm just I'm excited to you know be, have another Saturday with some Cougar football, and can't complain about the weather. I mean, this is this is just perfect. So. How, loving it. Absolutely. How much of what we're seeing right now, specifically on the offensive side, is success breeding more success? Guys have had success, so now they're expecting to have success. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of it. I mean, you know, I might have talked about this last week. I, I can't remember, but um, when you're on a hot streak, it takes a lot to snap out of that hot streak. Um, and, and these guys are feeling it. You know, we heard Zach Wilson talking um, after the game and post game last uh, last week about being in the zone. And it's not just Zach; it's the whole team. There's there's a different vibe and feeling that when you're um, every time you get the ball, when you know, hey, we can march this. There's really nothing that we can't do on the field. We can run it. We can throw it. Um, we can get creative. I mean, there's they're they're in such a zone and, and mentality that. Um, comes with that level of confidence, and so it, it, to answer your question, I mean, yes, there's there's a there's a part of it that when you're having success, it's hard to get out of that mentally, just because you've done it before and you've been there. Um, but to be honest, I mean, this this team is just better than the other teams that they've played. Um, when they line up against the opponent, I mean, it, obviously we've talked about you know the schedule is a little bit different than what we've seen, especially early on, um, but. These, this, I mean, this Cougar team—they're showing it, right? They are—they're—they're yeah. they're better, they're faster, they're more athletic, and and they're—they're they're playing to that ability. And so, a um, little bit of both, but uh, I mean, this team, this team is just good. And speaking of good, Zach Wilson's numbers are insane. And I mean, look, the fact that he is responsible for the same number of touchdowns at eleven as incompletions he's had—look, it's mind blowing. What, what do you see different in Zach from last year to this year? Yeah, you know, nothing dramatically different. I mean, he, he just looks more polished. Um, he's more comfortable in the pocket. He doesn't look rushed or hesitant at all. Um, when he does scramble, you know, scramble, you, the nature of the word, you know, it's it's kind of frantic. It's kind of, uh, you know, sporadic. But his scramble looks so in control, and, and he's just he's just comfortable out there. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure if uh, even the listeners out there, if you haven't listened to John Beck's Sports Nation interview with uh, Jeremy Spencer this week, 
week. Nice Go plug. listen to it. Nice plug. Um, it's, I mean, it was it, it was incredible. I learned more in that segment about quarterbacking in a long time um, just to hear how he talks about the game and how he talks about that quarterback position. And I mean, we all know that, you know, Zach had the opportunity to train a little bit with John. And um, and, and you know that some of the things that he's learning and, and Jeremy Spencer was actually, you know, really cool. They asked him, like, what in the world are you teaching this guy? Because he, he looks completely different. Um, but it's nothing specific. He's just and, and he talked a little bit about some of the things that they worked on. For example, you know, as a quarterback back you're not throwing you're throwing off different platforms right you're not just sitting in the pocket um, and every single time you're throwing a ball square um, you, you have to work on those off-platform throws and and that's a lot of what Zach Wilson has done in the offseason um, and, and so you see that and when he's presented with different situations he knows exactly how to act he knows exactly what to do with the ball um, and, and and so he, he just looks more comfortable out there like he looks like a seasoned vet um, and, and the other thing that, that John alluded to, and, and it, it makes complete sense, and I apologize if I'm, I'm taking a lot of John's you know, thunder here, but you know, I'll give him the credit for saying it. But um, you know, he knows the offense better. He's, you know, I guarantee you uh, right now, Zach, he's probably dreaming about the playbook, right? He's dreaming <laughs> about the film that he's watching because he's so involved in it, and it just shows on the field. Yeah, this is this is a guy that I, I've been told they've had to tell him to go home. Stop looking at film. You know what I mean? Like you, you need to leave. You need to leave the building because that's just that's just what he does. He's yep. he's all about studying and making himself better. And and now you're seeing now that he's healthier than he's ever been. Now you're seeing the uh, the benefits of of all of that. All right, Mitchell. Before we let you go, give me a guy who isn't an obvious choice that you expect to have a big day today. Um, I'm going to go with Keenan Peely. Um, now, it, it's you say obvious choice. I mean, he's he's a, a statement player on the defense right now, um, leading the team in tackles. I mean, the guy has been consistent all all year. Uh, but I'm going to say him because you know in the in the fancy categories, right? Interception sacks. He he doesn't have any there. Um, and and so I, I'm thinking, you know, today, especially in the interception uh, category, I'm I'm thinking Keenan Keenan Peely's going to have a big uh, he's going to have a big interception today, big turnover. Um, you know, we see UTSA they they rely so heavily on Sincere McCormick yeah. as they should, right? He's leading the nation in rushing. He's a great back, and and I, I guarantee you right now, Keenan Peely's licking his chops. He's thinking, man, this is this is my game, right? Um, I, I'm going to be heavily involved, and and this is my game to make a statement. You going with the dress pants, or are you going with the golf shorts today? Uh, I'm going with the dress pants. Okay, I'm going with the dress. I haven't been to the gym in a while, so the calves are looking <laughs> a little, little little small. So I've uh, before I put on the shorts again, I gotta look. I gotta get back to the gym. Look, so. if I never wore shorts because I didn't work <laughs> out my legs, I'd never wear shorts. Okay, All right. exactly. All right, Mitchell, great stuff as always. Appreciate the time. We'll hear you on the broadcast with uh, Greg and Riley. Hey, thanks, Jason. All right, man. There we go, Mitchell Jurgens. Our view from. The sideline. On the other side, we're going to hear from Texas San Antonio head coach Jeff Trailer. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. BYU and UTSA coming your way shortly from Lavella Edwards Stadium. Jason Shepard with you. 
Earlier this week, I talked with the head coach of the Roadrunners, Jeff Trailer. Trailer is in his first season at the helm of the Texas San Antonio program. He's been at other programs such as Texas, SMU, and most recently Arkansas as the associate head coach. As we've talked about, the Roadrunners are 3-1, and one, and Coach Trailer has said that he viewed his first four games as basically fall camp, so I asked him how he views his team now through those first four games. Uh, well, we've improved each week, obviously. You know, it's just been tough not having spring ball and not being with them this summer. Uh, so when we got, you know, fall camp, we kind of treated that like spring camp uh, and just tried to get some base offense installed, some base defense, and base special teams, some fundamentals. And we just really wanted to try to survive these first four games to make sure we knew what our talent was and what we were asking them to do. Could they do it? And we feel like we've got a little bit of better handle on what our players can do right now. And we're just very fortunate to be three and one. We could be zero and four, one and three, two and one, two and two and two, three and one, or four and zero. Honestly, we've been that close in all four of them. What's impressed you most about your three and one start? Uh, just how the kids have really bought in. You know, we've we've really emphasized our culture, our triangle of toughness, the two one zero, uh, being physical on defense, uh, believing in team run, and and getting. You know, so much better on special teams. And and we've gotten gradually better each week at all three of those phases. I know that coaches don't like to talk about themselves. It's all about the team. It's all about the program. But I do want to ask you about this season for you personally. You've been an associate head coach at the college level at multiple stops. But UTSA is your program. What has it meant to you to be in this position right now? Uh, It's a dream come true. Uh, When I was at the University of Texas, uh, this job came open before, and I, so I've had my eye on it for quite some time. I think it's in the recruiting hotbed of Texas. You know, we're in Central Texas. There's a lot of really good football players in San Antonio. It's a very under-recruited area, and you know, my my background's a high school football coach in the state of Texas, so I have a a lot of built-in connections. Uh, we're going to start in San Antonio, work our way out to Houston, Dallas, Austin, Waco, East Texas, South Texas, and if we have a connection. Out of state, it had to be some really good intel for us to uh, consider taking an out of state kid. We're going to try to build it within our state and uh, stay very local. Your quarterback situation is pretty fascinating. Your starter, Frank Harris, uh, was a game time decision last week, could not go. And then he ended up having a couple of quarterbacks play in that game. What is your quarterback situation heading into this game on Saturday? We were unique. Uh, you know, we had three kids that had started at college football game. And then we brought in a grad transfer, Josh Atkins, who had started 20 college football games. So we had a room full of four quarterbacks that had all started games. Uh, Frank won the job and got hurt in the second quarter uh, in game three. Josh came in and played very well. Uh, Frank wasn't healthy enough to go last week. Josh broke his collarbone on the first play of the game. Uh, JoJo quarterback uh, for probably two and a half quarters. And then Lowell, we made a change. And Lowell Norseas came in and finished the game and got us some momentum and got us back in the ball game. So all four have already played in the first four games, which is not an ideal way to start off your college coaching career. So essentially, Frank's the starter. Is he, I guess, would be listed as a game time decision? Is that the kind of the way you're looking at it heading in? You know, he's been pretty injury prone his entire career. He got hurt uh, his senior year. Uh, then he got hurt his freshman year, his sophomore year. So he's had major injuries, you know, the last three years. This year we got lucky. 
if it's a knee sprain. Uh, but if he's not 100%, I'm not going to play him. Uh, he did look better today in practice than he did last week. And uh, if he's not ready, Lowell will go. And if Frank's ready, he'll go. You got a really good running back in Sincere McCormick. And what an unbelievable name. I love the name. Uh, give everybody an idea of what they can expect to see from your sophomore back. He's a high-character kid. He's local. You know, he played at Converse Judson, which is here in San Antonio. Beautiful smile. Great balance. Uh, very shifty back. Has gotten better every single week, like all college coaches do. We have a you know a tracking device on those kids, and he really you know the best back in our league is supposedly uh, number four for UAB. And I thought Sincere really took that personal, and he really he outworked everybody on our team the entire week. So it didn't surprise me he played so well uh, when we played UAB last week. You had a great reaction when someone from your local media asked you to. Talk about BYU and what you saw from the Cougars. How do you look at this matchup with BYU? Uh, I'm extremely impressed to begin with. They're really awesome to watch. You can tell they're a veteran group. You can tell they've been with their coaching staff for a while. And I talked to our players about it. That, that's what we want to look like in a few years. We want to look like a mature football team that's been with their staff for a while that understands football. Starts with y'all's quarterback. I mean, he is just – it's like he's playing Madden out there. He's had 11 incompletions the entire year. That's just crazy. That's what Pascal's like, not like real football. Uh, so that's fantastic. His O-line is just massive and very well coached. Your O-line coach is a, a friend of mine. He does a very a very good job, and you can tell they're fundamentally sound and well coached. Two great receivers we're very impressed with and 18 and, and 5. And then you go to the defensive side of the ball, and that nose guard is just massive, 95 and 93 and 99. They're, they're very well coached. They keep the ball in front. They tackle. They're disciplined. Of course, we've known your kicker for a while. He's from South Lake Carroll here in Texas, and we know how great of a kicker he is. So y'all are just really good football team. Your punter bangs at 47 yards when he hits it, and there's just not any weaknesses. Uh, it's good to play these kind of teams. You wouldn't uh, draw it up. It's not who the coach wants to go play. <laughs> But it's good to play these kind of teams and just make you better. A two-part question. What area, and this is in terms of your own team, what area do you come into this game the most confident about your team? And then on the other side of things, your biggest concern regarding your team heading into Saturday? I'm confident in our effort. Uh, we're going to show up and play hard. Uh, these kids are bought in. So I, I know we're going to do that. My concern is our execution. Uh, we've gotten a little bit better each week. I just don't know if we're to the level uh, execution-wise to compete with a team as great as BYU. We're working like the Dickens to get there. Like I told my kids today, you know, fall camp's over now. There are no more excuses. we, we got to go play some good football. And we've yet to put all phases together. If you were to watch all of our games, you'd be like, man, they got a chance to be really good here. Well, they got some potential here, potential there, potential. And we teach our players that the word potential is everything that you're not. So when people tell us we have the potential to be a great program, we have the potential to be great on offense, they're telling us we're not. Uh, it means we could be, but we're not. So we have potential. We're just not there yet with our execution. But I feel very proud of my kids and their efforts so far. You and I were talking a few minutes ago. You had never been out here. And I'm going to assume that most of the players on your roster have probably never been out this direction. And I remember when Bronco Mendenhall was the head coach here, one of the things that was really important to him, besides scheduling good opponents, was he really wanted to give the players an opportunity to go to other parts of the country and experience things that maybe they're not used to. Kalani is, is the same way now. I would assume that's probably important for you guys because obviously the name of the game is to win football games, but to give these players from, from Texas an opportunity to maybe come out west and see mountains for the very first time, that's also part of the experience, right? right I'm, I'm from uh, Gilmer, Texas, and uh, we have quite a few 
friends from Gilmer that have gone to BYU and have really talked to me about it through the years as me growing up there. I, I coached there and I grew up there as well. So they've always told me how beautiful it is and how wonderful it is and how nice the people are. So when my AD talked to me about playing you guys, it's the first thing I thought of was all my friends back home and how gorgeous they'd always told me it was. And I thought it'd be a great experience for our kids. I didn't know y'all were going to be the 15th best team in the country. I probably would have taken <laughs> a better road trip uh, and played somebody not as good. But yes, we are looking forward to seeing how beautiful and, and the weather we hear is fantastic as well. Coach, thank you so much for taking a few minutes. Um, safe travels out this way. And uh, I appreciate your time. Thank you. God bless. Birds up. There we go. That's Jeff Trailer, head coach of the UTSA Roadrunners. When we come back, we'll check out some other scores and we'll wrap things up. We'll wrap the up Cougar pregame live right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Listen up, Cougar fans. Now is your chance to get a... You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. Final segment of Cougar Pregame Live presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Let's update you on some top 25 college football on this beautiful Saturday afternoon. Ten minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Number 21, Texas A&M leading number four, Florida 31-28. Again, 10 minutes to go in that one. They are ending the third quarter. It is number 8 North Carolina leading seven, or excuse me, 19th ranked Virginia Tech, 42-37. to How about this? Mizzou giving number 17 LSU all it can handle. Fourth quarter action. The Tigers, that would be the LSU Tigers, leading the Missouri Tigers 41-38. 12 and a half minutes to go in that one. And uh, it was a, a close one at halftime. Oklahoma has kind of broken things open in the second half. They are about to begin the fourth quarter between Oklahoma and number 22 Texas. The Sooners leading the Longhorns 31-17. Coming up next, it's the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show with Greg Rubel and Kalani Sataka. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Listen up, Cougar. It's time to preview today's matchup with head coach Kalani Sataki. It's the Cougar pregame coaches show presented by Zions Bank. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. The Cougar Pregame Coaches Show is also brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, guiding members forward for more than 80 years. Let's rejoin Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good afternoon, Cougar football fans. Welcome inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, Utah for the final game of a three-game homestand as the 15th-ranked BYU Cougars take on UTSA for the first time. It's a second straight Conference USA foe for the Cougs, who today seek to go 4-0 for the first time in six years. I'm your play-by-play commentator, Greg Grubel. With me, the former BYU signal caller, the sling and scrambling southpaw himself, Riley Nelson. And uh, Riley, with every week that passes, the rankings get better, the point spreads get bigger, the talk gets louder. BYU and quarterback Zach Wilson are a thing in the college football world right now. In one sense, the pressure also mounts with every passing week, but for BYU, it's been years since every game has meant this much. So bring on the pressure. I say bring on the attention because this is a really good team playing great football right now. No question, and consistency in that great football is uh, what is going to be key for this program. And this is going to help, and this is how we are going to know that they've taken a step forward. I also was excited to see 
um, on the schedule, as, as was announced last week, and then getting our first look at Houston, that there might be some bigger challenges to come. But we don't want to look too far into the future. Got to take care of business today. I think the players are ready to do that. But you talk about detention. That's why you come to BYU, a program like BYU is because you want that attention. You want to compete at high level on the big stage with the bright lights on you. And I'm excited to see. I'm, I've been impressed to see how they've responded thus far and excited to see how they go from here on out in the season. Well, it's been eight days since BYU last played a game. The Cougs improving 2-3-0 and with that uh, home win over Louisiana Tech last Friday night. Uh, next Friday night, BYU will be on a short week playing at Houston, as Riley notes, uh, but that game will only loom large if the Cougars can take care of business this afternoon. And BYU comes into today's game as a 34-and-a-half-point favorite over a team that until last week was undefeated. Uh, and the Roadrunners lost last week in large part because they were down to their third and fourth string quarterbacks. The number one guy was being called a game-time decision here today. That's still the case. He's Frank Harris, and he has been warming up for UTSA and looked good in pregame, which is still ongoing. We'll see if he gets that first snap here this afternoon. After this break, we'll hear what Kalani Sitake has to say about today's game with UTSA. This is the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. More BYU football pregame coverage coming up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar pregame coaches show continues. Once again, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. We are inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium on a sunny Saturday for number 15. BYU home to UTSA, the Roadrunners out of Conference USA. Second of three games BYU will play against teams from that conference. The third is Western Kentucky. The Hilltoppers will be on this field three weeks from today. BYU fans, this reminder that when the Cougars win, you win with Papa John's Pizza. With a BYU win this afternoon, pizza will be 50% off at papajohns.com using the online promo code BYU50, but that's Monday only, and this offer is good at any Utah location. Well, BYU leads the FBS in total offense and total defense, completion percentage and pass efficiency, and ranks in the top five in multiple additional categories, including scoring offense and scoring defense. And the pollsters love BYU as much as the stats. Already there is talk of BYU and the New Year's Six, BYU and the college football playoff. Uh, So much football left to be played. And even without uh, P5s on the schedule, uh, there are landmines on the path to the postseason. The oddsmakers don't believe today's game is a dangerous one, though. BYU is a five-touchdown favorite over UTSA. But in our pregame conversation, head coach Kalani Sitake on his birthday says it's all about respect for the Roadrunners. UTSA comes in 3-1, but he says their 3-0 start was the real deal. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, there's a lot, there's a, a, a mindset that's being established with Coach Trailer and that group and, and a, lot, a lot of passion, a lot of excitement going around their team. They're competitive. And yeah, you know, I think the last one they lost, but it was uh, considering they didn't have their starting quarterback and then their backup got hurt in the first play. Uh, I think that, that was kind of a shock to what we're, they had to go through. But um, even with all that said and done, they were able to be competitive and still had a chance, you know, to. To, to win the game or tie it, you know, at the end, before the uh, penalty or roughing the pass or roughing the punter. But um, you know, the, we look at what they what they've accomplished and what they have on their team, and it's it's a it's not it's not just something that you can bypass. Looking at their physical line and their running back that is, that has got tons of yards, and and he's 
you know, he played we watched his film last year he he played a lot last year he's got great vision had a good feel for the run game and uh you know they they they're, they're going to be something that's going to be difficult for us to to you know defend but i think our guys are excited for the challenge and then on offense you know that i mean on uh, defense they're very high pressure they they make a lot of, i mean they'll they're willing to take risks and bring a lot of uh, a lot of different bodies on the pressure so whether we're in our, a run game or a pass game we're going to need to to protect the ball carrier or the or the quarterback so um it's going to test us you know with our with our both fronts and uh, i'm excited to see how we perform yeah, back to their offense for a little bit you've played option in week one games two and three were, were spread and this is a little more conventional team they'll 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 run tight end or double tight at times so a little more not true pro style but but more toward that vein than the spread yeah, so I'm glad you brought that up. Everybody's been different and unique. Even though the spread with Troy and LaTeX, they spread it out quite often, the emphasis is a little bit different. Troy was a little bit more pass-related, and LaTeX wanted to establish the run game and quick game. Um, these guys can do a lot of different things. They max pro quite often, and they'll keep the back and the tight end in the block for a mm-hmm. three-man route. Um, their quarterback can run and scramble. He has tons of yards. Um, and that, that's, I think, if you look at all their quarterbacks, um, Frank Harris and and and, and um, um, Narcisse, those guys can run, and then they they're big bodies that and athletic. Narcisse more than Frank, but Frank's really shifty. And then Jordan Weeks played has film last year of playing throwing the ball, uh, a little bit more balance as a quarterback. So they can do a lot of different things. We still don't know who's going to take the field against us, right? And we'll be able to see it, you know, see what what they've come out with, and then. According to that, we'll have to adjust what we think they're going to try to emphasize. You mentioned the word pressure when talking about their defense, and it really stands out. 40 TFLs. I mean, 10 TFLs a game is a big number. Yeah, and that's, that's, you, you don't get that from a traditional base coverage or base defense. You get that from bringing extra guys. And, and so they, they're willing to do that, and they're willing to make big plays and trying to it's, – it's kind of, you know, when you look at what they do, it's really risky and aggressive, and, and, mm-hmm. and the only way to, to – to really get after it is is to, you know, block up front, but also to make them pay in coverage. And so it's a lot of different things that we can do. I think um, although they're going to bring some extra pressure, if, if if we break a tackle, I think they could really do well for us in the run game. In the pass game, if we learn how to protect it and pass pro, I think it gives Zach time. I think we'll, we'll be able to utilize the speed and the athleticism we have in our receiving core. And how comfortable now is Zach, do you think, in what he is seeing game to game and approach to approach? Yeah, I think he he's seen a lot of different things, and he was seeing that in fall camp. We, on defense, were doing a lot of different things and giving him a lot of different looks, and he handled it well during camp. And you see what he's done during this during the season. I like to see him continue what he's been doing and 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 feel comfortable. I mean, that that has a if we can keep his jersey clean, that's mm-hmm. a good sign for us. And and then and it'll be difficult because we have an old line, but they're going to bring a lot of different pressures that we haven't seen uh, in this this year. So. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how, how that all works out. You've only taken a sack in one of the three games. I think Troy got you twice, but he has been kept clean for the most part. What can you say about an O-line that has had to do some shuffling through three games and yet still perform at the level they've been? Yeah, and we, we were trying to emphasize depth on the entire team, but an O-line, when you're having guys, you know, specifically at the center position, have mm-hmm. to shift out, in and out, and, and we've moved guys from guard to tackle. But we've been doing that for, for the past couple of years, just trying to make sure that we cross-train our O-linemen uh, not thinking about COVID, just really thinking about depth, and and COVID just adds to the the risk of of our depth. And so, the fact that we have guys that are very uh, flexible and interchangeable is a good sign. 
But at the same time, you want to be able to establish a presence and establish some normality to the group, you know, and, and uh, have a little connection there. And, and I think uh, Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos have done a great job balancing all of that. I'm sure you guys are insulating yourselves from a lot of the talk, but it's out there and guys are going to see it and hear about it. That said, how even keel do you feel this group is as the excitement around Cougar football increases, yet the focus has to remain kind of uh, consistent and, and, uh, and steady? You know, the focus this year has been distractions, avoiding them. And, and, and they could be negative or positive distractions. And for all of us, we have things that we need to get done, goals, things that we want to prove. We've been saying that over and over again, but that's, that's the, the, the reality of, of our situation where a distraction could be a COVID test, a distraction could be an injury, a distraction could be praise, it could be criticism. There's so many things out there that qualify as distractions. We need to get bypass it all. And then, you know, even, even not having fans at the game stuff, that could be a distraction as, as well. These guys have handled distraction really well all, and, and, and bypassing the distractions, staying focused the last three games. And so I like to see them continue to be consistent and handle it in the fourth game as well. Well, the colors are changing. It's Saturday afternoon football at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. The only thing missing are the fans right now. Yeah, and, <laughs> and you know, we're, we're going to – unfortunately, we've had it. We've done it before, you know, but this is our first day game, so – I think the guys are excited to be out there and, and under the sun, you know, and, and we're excited to be in Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and we know our fans will be watching, and we're thinking of them as we take the field and thinking of our families and uh, all the hard work that it took to get here. And so we're just looking forward to entertaining everyone and having a great time today. Always good to be with you, Kalani, for these pregame chats. Have a great game. We'll talk to you postgame. Let's go. That is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. Let's pause 10 seconds now for stations to identify themselves on the new skin BYU Sports Network. BYU Radio, 107.9 FM, KUMT, Randolph, and KBYU FM, HD2, Provo. Let's get now to the Homey Home Field Advantage, brought to you by Homey, who reminds you that there's no place like home. Playing in front of Cougar fans who have your back. Homey's got your back, saving you sweet cash when buying or selling a home. Call it your Homey home field advantage well we'd like it if today were the last game we call this season without any fans in the stands but we're playing football for a third straight week for BYU at home we're playing football uh that the public health conditions have made a lot of restrictions for a lot of good reasons yet BYU still allowed to play these games and the teams have met on three successive weeks uh without interruption or outbreak and yes while no fans are yet in the stands with us we're playing football and we hope you enjoy every broadcast we bring to you and that we've been able to have back-to-back-to-back home games uh, for BYU and the Cougar Nation. And again, the fans will come. Uh, officially, our attendance still stands at zero through four games. There were no fans at Navy and, and no fans for the first three games of this season, the home season for BYU. But uh, there were fans in the stands in Houston uh, for their game this week, so we may see some fans when the Cougars play at the Cougars of Houston next week. And then we'll cross fingers that when BYU next plays a home game two weeks from today, that we'll have some BYU fans in the building. When it's healthy to do so and safe to do so, fans will be back. But in the meantime, we're glad you're back with us tuning in to Cougar football. And this is on a super Saturday here in Provo that. Well, this has been the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. And this is BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Kickoff is just around the corner. You're tuned to the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show. The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by Bailey's Moving. We move with you every step of the way since 1952. BYU Dining, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. And by Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house, same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. Let's head live to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good afternoon once again, Cougar Nation. You are listening live as we come your way from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the BYU campus in Provo, Utah. As today, 15th-ranked BYU hosts UTSA, BYU 3-0 for the first time in the Kalani Sitake era and undefeated on October 10th for the first time since 2008 when BYU was 5-0 on this date that year. Greg Grubel and Riley Nelson with you from our broadcast booth. With us upstairs, we have engineer Michael Wimmer, statsman Ralph Sokolowski, and spotter Bryce Larson. At field level, it is former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch reporting from the Zions Bank end zone for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. Our team in the BYU radio studios comprised of host Jason Shepard. Great job with pregame as always today by Shep. Engineers Barry Squires and Sean Fay. Coordinating producer is Terry South. Our control board operator is Liam Howard, and our broadcast interns are Tyler Gibb and Andrew Gray. Great to have you with us on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our satellite flagship is BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143 and 89.1 FM HD2. Our Salt Lake City flagship is KSL News Radio, 1160, 102.7 FM. And we're also on network affiliates in the Intermountain West and globally on the BYU Radio app, the BYU Cougars app, the BYU Game Day app and the KSL apps, as well as on BYURadio.org and BYUCougars.com slash live radio. Hear the broadcast archives and highlights on the BYU Football Podcast. Do get that. And also at BYURadio.org. So lots of ways to listen live or on demand. Well, among the uh, developing storylines accompanying BYU's 3-0 and start to the season is the ascension of quarterback Zach Wilson into national discussions of Heisman candidacy and an NFL draft potential. And the attention is understandable because Wilson's been remarkable. 85% completion rate. He's accounted for as many touchdowns as incompletions. Let that settle for a second. And beyond the impressive numbers themselves, the sense of command and, and control with which he's operating this BYU offense right now. Riley, as a former BYU quarterback, you have as good a perspective as anyone on what Zach is doing right now and how he's doing it. What impresses you the most? It's his discipline. When you're playing at this high a level, sometimes you want to, there's kind of this natural thing to like go off script, like you keep running play after play and it keeps going everything according to plan. You're like, wait, when do I get a chance to like improvise or, or make something out of the ordinary happen? At least, at least I felt that pressure. Maybe Zach doesn't as much, but that shows why, I mean, you don't complete 85% of your balls going off script. He's staying within the framework. He's staying within the system and he is executing it. Um, he is executing his offense for this team better than any quarterback is doing for their team in college football right now. And just one last point to that. I mentioned that he's executing it there. He's, we uh, oftentimes, talk about chemistry between quarterback and wide receiver but between quarterback and offensive coordinator is important chemistry there and you can tell that him and Grimes are 100% on the same page and are in lockstep with one another. 
All right, more of the BYU Store Cougar kickoff show is coming up after we tell you that this season BYU football and Mountain America Credit Union are changing lives. For each field goal BYU makes, Mountain America will donate $250 to the American Red Cross to help fund humanitarian services and programs. Our pregame coverage of BYU and UTSA continues from Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Kickoff Show continues. Let's head back to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth with Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. The Cougar Kickoff Show is brought to you by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Number 15, BYU home to UTSA this afternoon here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It is our first Saturday matinee for the Cougars this year, who in the Kalani Sitake era are five games above 500 with daytime kicks right at 500 in nighttime games. And for the trivial notes you're interested in, uh, the outlook for BYU football has rarely been, well, sunnier. A 3-0 start, a lofty national ranking, a star quarterback, a dominant D, and a manageable schedule with just enough names on it to garner the respect needed to be part of a national conversation at the end of the season as long as the Cougars keep winning games, right? And right now, the Cougars aren't just winning games. They're crushing opponents. BYU is a scoring margin of plus 124 points. That's a BYU record through the team's first three games of a season. And if BYU wins by five or more points today, this year's team will also own the first four games record as well for scoring margin. Riley, we're now three games in. We're kind of having to nitpick a little bit to find things the Cougars are not doing at an exceptional level. Yeah, I think, uh, and that's okay. <laughs> BYU is normally the, uh, vi- I, I, let's not say victim, let's say subject. They're normally the subject of immense criticism and scrutiny uh, at, by uh, not only on the national stage, but by their own fan base, and rightfully so. They've set very high expectation for themselves. They are one of the premier football programs in the country, and so when you reach that level, uh, you subject yourself to high uh, high level of, of criticism. So the fact that there isn't much fodder for criticism now is something to be enjoyed. I think for the players, from a player perspective, you when you evaluate each game, you kind of start at the top and you work your way down. So you evaluate, all right, what was our performance overall as a team? And then you go, what was our performance in each unit? Offense, defense, special teams. From there, you break it down into position groups and then each individual player. I think right now as a team and the three phases or the three units are all playing at extremely high level, not much maybe maybe there to improve upon, but I think when you get down to position groups and definitely individual players, everybody on this team is coming out with things that they've identified during the week that they're going to look to get better and improve upon here today. Time now for today's Hyatt Place Comfort Zone feature at Hyatt Place Provo. Your safety and comfort will always be our highest priorities. And right now, BYU is very comfortable in the opposing offensive backfield. The Cougars are ninth nationally in sacks per game after ranking 117th in that category last season. They're top 40 in tackles for loss per game after ranking 117th in that same category last year. Riley, now playing G5s instead of P5s to start the season uh, may be given some consideration here, but the defensive disruption angle is not merely and totally a function of schedule right now. No, definitely not. And I think... um as we were talking about this, Greg, and, and preparing for this show, and maybe this is a function of the NBA because normally the NBA playoffs are long gone and no one's thinking about basketball at this point, but it makes me think that, look, it's the same 6'8 guys that were here last year, so what's changed? And when you watch these these basketball games, it's all about getting the right lineups together, right? And what's your rotation? 
And uh, we often in basketball talk about an eight-man rotation. Ironically enough, there's about an eight-man rotation for this BYU defensive line. And so getting the right guys on the field with you know at the right times and how you manage their effort and their energy and all those things i think just the byu defensive coaches defensive line and those players have it really dialed in and i think that's a big reason for why we're seeing such tremendous results and production out of this position group all right he is riley nelson my name is greg grubel and this is the byu store cougar kickoff show and it continues right after this on the new skin byu sports network Getting you geared up for game time. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Hi to BYU and UTSA kicking it just after the uh, bottom of the hour here at LaBelle Edwards Stadium. Maybe closer to a, a kickoff of 40 past the hour. I know the official kickoff time was 130 Mountain. Maybe closer to 140 with uh, the TV slide, as they call it. Uh, but it is BYU and UTSA. Uh, still no fans in the stands for this one, but we are playing football for a third straight weekend here at uh, LaBelle Edwards Stadium. And that is good to know that we're still able to get these games underway and play with uh, everything happening the way it is from a public health standpoint outside of the stadium. And at some point, fans will join us inside the stadium when it is uh, healthy and and safe to do so, and we look forward to that day. All right, uh, BYU ranked in the top 15 nationally, getting all kinds of great pub and putting up some eye-popping numbers, all without one of its best players. The absence of Matt Bushman, no matter how big a deal that was and is still. I mean, (laughs) he's a tremendous player and a huge weapon. And so the targets had to go somewhere, and, and right now it's it's kind of two guys funneled to most of the targets. Gunnar Romney and Dax Milne, they've each been targeted 20 times through three games. Uh, Gunnar has 16 catches, Dax has 17. Uh, Gunnar is in the top five in receiving yards per game, top 15 in yards per catch. Riley, BYU's been a chunk yardage team this season on offense, and those two guys, Gunnar Romney, Dax Milne, two big reasons why. Most definitely, they've, and they've taken advantage of every opportunity that uh, that they've been given. And both two things: the opportunities within the offense, they've made spectacular catches, but also they've developed chemistry with Zach. They're all three juniors. They've all three been working together for the last three years, to where uh, I can think of at least a half dozen of those chunk plays have come off on plays outside the uh, outside the pocket, where maybe Zach's given a look and thrown a back shoulder, or there's been a route adjust of a little bit of a scramble drill. But uh, I just think you know these two players and I remember at one point last season we were interviewing it, it came up in kind of post-game interviews towards the end of last season with both Talon Shumway and Micah Simon both seniors and they were starting in Dax's and Gunner's uh, position last year for this team and they talked about how excited they were for uh, the rest of this crew to come up and get their opportunity and Gunner and Dax now having gotten that opportunity have absolutely seized it and uh, are providing a wide receiver duo that's been exciting as exciting to watch for BYU in many years. Coming up, we'll head down to field level and hear from Mitchell Jurgens as the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show continues live from Lavelle Bridge Stadium right here on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Let's get back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
right, getting you set for BYU and UTSA, first of three straight games against Texas teams for BYU. Cougs will play at Houston next week, then home to Texas State in uh, two weeks. Today, of course, a team out of the city of San Antonio. BYU coming in 3-0, and ranked the 15th in both the AP and the coaches' polls, UTSA 3-1, and and uh, have been dealing with quarterback issues. Uh, last week, already minus Frank Harris, the number one guy, the number two guy got hit and knocked out of the game on the first snap of the game, and that was uh, and that was Josh Adkins. Then they were down to Jordan Weeks, the three. He struggled, and he split time with Lowell Narcisse. And so four quarterbacks had been used by the end of game number four for UTSA. And coming in two today, it appears that Harris might be good to go. He looked good in warm-ups at least, and we wouldn't be surprised if he gets the first snap. And I think the backup would be Narcisse in this case, with Weeks acting as the number three. So that's what UTSA has going on. BYU's defensive line has been causing opposing quarterbacks, speaking of opposing quarterbacks, all kinds of issues through three games. The D linemen have accounted for nine of BYU's 12 sacks. And of those nine sacks, freshman Tyler Batty has four of them. Now, Riley, he wasn't the biggest defensive name when this season began, but I think we'll be continuing to call his name a ton this season. I think so, too. I think he's got great, he has shown great speed, great length, and despite only being a freshman, some pretty good skill in his pass rushing moves. He doesn't try and do too much, doesn't try and get too fancy. He's only got, you know, two real solid pass rush moves, but he really knows how to set those up and take advantage of opposing tackles. I, uh, it, it, again, we talked about lineups with this defensive line. I, I sure hope whenever you got a return missionary who's only a freshman, you hope that their body holds up to the rigors of a full season. And I think if Tyler's body can hold up, there will be special things in, in store. And we'll continue to see the outrageous production from this defensive line from a tackles for loss and sacks perspective. Well, it's a sunny, breezy Saturday, and not even that breezy, just a nice waft of wind uh, rustling uh, the flags at either end of the stadium. Let's head down to the sideline reporter Mitchell Juergens now from the Zions Bank end zone for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. And, Mitch, let's talk style points for a moment here. Uh, so far, BYU uh, has almost as many of those points as the actual points, uh, whether on offense or defense or for that matter, special teams, Kook's putting the hammer down, and I think uh, national observers are saying that regardless of the opposition, this is a team worth talking about. It also feels important that uh, against teams like USA or UTSA, that BYU not only win, but maybe kind of win big, right? Yeah, exactly, Greg. You know, uh, honestly, what a fun time to see the national hype this team is getting. You know, and as close as an on or as close um, of an observer I am, being you know having the chance to be here on the field um, to, to specifically see how much fun these players and coaches are having while doing it. Um, you know, they've started to make a statement and have officially raised the bar in terms of expectations on how they're supposed to win these games, um, and, and to continue in that you know upward trajectory in the rankings. This BYU team needs to keep winning by huge margins. And to be honest, it wouldn't hurt at all if Zach continues his dominant performances as he's entered the, you know, the Heisman conversations. Because you know, you know, the world, the AP poll voters, um, and even the bowl game deciders when we get later in the year, they would love to see a Heisman contender against a quality and notable P5 opponent. So, uh, I mean, it's so much fun to see you know the BYU get the hype that they've had over the past couple weeks, especially this week. Um, but, you know, the focus is nearsighted. It remains on this game. And, and like you said earlier, Greg, you know, they, they need to win in big fashion and hope they can do it today. Good stuff from you, Mitch. Back down to you soon. Coming up next, Riley Nelson's keys to the game, the coin toss and our opening kickoff. This has been the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.